Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Families decide to adopt children based on many different factors, such as infertility and interest in other cultures or humanitarian need. How do you know if adoption is best for you and your family? I'm Marilyn Lewis, a marriage and family counselor, and today we're exploring what things you should consider when adopting a newborn, infant, or toddler. This is Parent Savers, episode 42. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I am your guest host, Sunny Galt. I am also the host of our sister show, Preggy Pals, which is focused on pregnancy. Are you a member of the Parent Savers Club? Our club gives you access to all of our episodes, plus free bonus content after every new show, giveaways, and discounts. You can sign up on our website, parentsavers.com. I am a new parent. I have two sons, Sayer, who is two and a half years old, and my little boy, Urban, who is 10 months old. And joining us on the the phone, we have Tegline Ryan. Tegline actually grew up in a home um, with two adopted sisters, and she also adopted a child of her own. So, Tegline, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We have a question from one of our listeners for one of our experts. And this comes from Lisa. And Lisa writes on our Facebook page and says, My friends and I joke about having mommy brain because we all have at least two children and we can't even remember what we had for breakfast. Is this mommy brain real and what triggers it? Oh, Lisa, amazing question. Inquiring minds want to know. Let's see what our expert has to say. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Jennifer Shear. I am a clinical psychologist with a practice in San Diego. And Lisa, I love your question about mommy brain. Um, I think any woman who has had a child or has parented um, children would testify to the truth of um, the experience your friends and you are talking about. So um, just to clarify, mommy brain often refers to that experience that once we've given birth, um, and are completely sleep-deprived that we have diminished um, brain capacity and a lot of difficulty with basic recall and memory that we didn't have prior to giving birth. And what I would like to share about the research is that um, despite the, the feeling that our brains are not functioning as well as we would like, 
a few months after having a child, a woman's brain actually does grow. What's really interesting is that the parts of the brain that are impacted after giving birth positively are exactly the areas that are involved with the skill sets we need to be effective um, caregivers. So areas like um, of the brain that are connected to motivation and planning and foresight and time management and emotional regulation, those are the areas that where we really have um, a more enhanced brain capacity. Um, and just to translate it um, to mothering, the ability to anticipate an infant's needs um, and then creatively figure out a way to um, meet the needs, those are the areas um, where our brains are, are, are serving us very well. So, um, again, I think when we talk about mommy brain, we just need to recognize that it's not that we've lost anything. In fact, we've gained. It's just that there is a dramatic shift in the content of what we are attending to cognitively. And for anyone who uh, would like a little more research and a little more empowerment and validation of this experience, um, Catherine Ellison has put out a great book called Mommy Brain, and I would recommend that. Hope that helps. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today on Parent Savers, we have Marilyn Lewis. Marilyn is a marriage and family therapist in private practice here in San Diego, and she specializes in working with adoptive families. She has two adopted grandsons and one biological granddaughter. One of her grandsons currently lives with her and her husband, and she has experienced the delights and challenges of adopted children, both personally and professionally. So welcome to Parent Savers, Marilyn. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. Also, Tiglene Ryan is still on the phone with us, but Marilyn, I'd like to start the conversation with you. How do you know if you're the right candidate to become an adoptive parent? Are there certain traits that you should have? What would you recommend? Well, I, first of all, I think uh, people who want to adopt are awesome people. They have such a big heart and they want to take a child and give of themselves, invest of themselves in another person. And oftentimes a person with special needs, it's a wonderful path to take. If uh, you have a lot of maturity and availability emotionally, and if you have a stable home already, maybe you already have other children, uh, maybe the marriage, and all of that needs to be really stable, I believe, before you would consider moving in that direction. Uh, It takes a lot of flexibility. Sometimes we have unexpected issues come up with adopted kids, and um, it's different for every child. But I would recommend somebody who has a lot of uh, flexibility and ability to look at things differently than they always have in the past, be open to new ideas about parenting. Okay. So it's not, it's kind of like an emotional flexibility is what you're referring to. Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay. So let's toss this over to Tegline. Tegline, let's start by sharing your story about adoption. And um, I know this is something that you always wanted. So can you tell us how this whole thing came about for you? My husband and I actually talked about adoption before we were even married. 
we both had expressed an interest in adopting um, a child or children out of foster care, you know, specifically children who were needing homes. Shortly after we got married, I became pregnant with our first child, and we had two biological children. And after the birth of our second son, my doctor told me that he didn't think it was a good idea for me to get pregnant again due to some health issues I had at the time. And my husband and I both knew that we wanted more children, and instead of trying to further pursue me conceiving another child, we just looked at each other and said, it looks like it's time to adopt. So that's how we came to start the adoption process. Okay, and for you, what was that adoption process like? We decided to adopt out of foster care, so we found a an adoption agency that handles adoptions out of foster care, and this agency specialized in placing children who were ready to be adopted. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be a situation where we had a foster child who may stay with us and may be reunited with the parents. The only children who would be placed with us would be ones who they were anticipating we would adopt. Perhaps not all of the the paperwork and timelines had been completed, but looking at it, the the idea was this child we expect will be adopted some you know, at some point. Um, there are a lot of steps to go through before parental rights are terminated. Okay. And how old was Ainsley, your daughter, when the adoption was final? She was 14 months old. Okay, so Tigleen, based on your experience in adopting your daughter at birth and Marilyn, your experience in your practice, as well as with your adopted grandsons, is there an ideal age to adopt a child? Tigleen, what are your thoughts on that? Is there an ideal age? Um. Well, in a perfect world, there would be no adoption. <laughs> you know, I guess I, w- I would have to say at birth because you want a child to have as few changes or transitions as possible. Mm-hmm. When we got our daughter, you know, the social worker said they weren't expecting her to be released from the hospital as soon as she was. And the social worker said, you know, can you, can you go to the hospital and get her right now? And um, they said, we don't want her to be placed into a different foster home and then placed again into an adoptive home. Right. We want her to go straight from the hospital into the home that is going to be her home. So, you know, they didn't want her even to spend, you know, a few days right. in a different foster home because that would be one more transition. So the younger the child is, the better in that regard. Marilyn, what do you think? I think the younger the child is, uh, the less trauma that they are likely to have experienced, and that's a big factor in adopted kids. I believe all of them have had trauma, if it's only the stress of the mom during the pregnancy, which is very likely in these cases, or um, oftentimes there's uh, substance exposure pre-birth that is a factor with uh, kids. These kids have had loss. They have lost the connection with birth parent. So I would say that all of these kids are going to have some challenges that bio kids don't. So uh, it's important to just expect that and know that 
you need to have the resources and uh, the information and know how to deal with those things. Is it safe to say that the younger the child you get, the less emotional trauma they would have experienced? I would say in most cases that's true. A lot of times when parents adopt out of the foster care system, they've been in multiple placements. They may have been experienced some abuse there. They may have um, been exposed to things with the birth family that was traumatic to them or abusive or neglectful that uh, has affected them. When it comes to birth order, I've heard that you should have your biological children before your adopted children and that the biological children should be older than the adopted children. Teglene, in your case, your two biological children are older than your adoptive child. Is that something you considered when adopting, Ainsley? Yes, that is something that we considered, and our biological children were younger when we first started because the whole process took a couple of years. And we chose to maintain birth order. And a big reason for us in that regard was because we already had children in the home, bringing in children who were older than them, um, who would potentially have some some serious issues. Uh, if you've got a child who's 10 years old who's being adopted out of foster care, some not-so-great stuff happened to them for 10 years until they got to that point. And what effect would that have on the younger children in our home? Mm -hmm. So in that respect, it was to protect the children who were already in our home. Um, I do know situations where people have have adopted out of birth order, and it has worked out fine. It's going to depend on the individual situation. And also, if you adopt children first and then end up giving birth to children later, that's not a problem. In fact, I am in that situation. I had two sisters adopted before me, and then I was born, and then my brother was born. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you know, the birth order is off, and same thing for some cousins of mine. But I think it's just when there are already young children in the home, it can be extra risky to bring in children who are older than those children. Marilyn, any thoughts on respecting the birth order? It's uh, so individual with every family. I I really don't have uh, an opinion about that. I I think it is awesome for your own bio kids to experience bringing uh, an adopted child into the home. Although, like I've said, it does come with its challenges. But um, yeah, I think that's great to do. Um, In my daughter's case, she adopted the two boys two years apart. When they were finalizing the adoption, she was pregnant. (laughs) So she had her bio child after. However, your family comes together, it's all good. Let's talk about things to consider when adopting a foster child. Marilyn, I want to get your professional take on this in just a moment. But Teglene, your daughter Ainsley was adopted through the foster care system, as you told us earlier. What do you think parents should know in advance about this type of adoption? Well, I think it's true that children who are adopted out of foster care have higher rates of behavioral issues and challenges. One of the biggest reasons why children are in foster care is because of drug abuse. It is very unusual to have a child 
be placed in foster care who has not been exposed to drugs in some manner. My daughter, who we adopted out of foster care, even though she came straight from the hospital into our home, she was exposed prenatally to chemical substances that could potentially have a lifelong effect on her brain and her behavior. I think it's really important for anybody, well, I mean, really for any parent, particularly for somebody who is adopting, to know that you don't know a child's full history. Even if it's an open adoption, it's hard to know um, a child's full history genetically, and you don't know what you're going to get, and there's a good chance that there could be you know, behavioral issues and challenges. And to go in knowing that, and if you're not okay with that, then that might not be the way to go. And that's a lot of our, you know, a lot of the training in adopting out of foster care involved learning about all of the challenges that children have faced before getting into foster care, even if it's just prenatal exposure to drugs, even a child who's, who's taken from parents at birth, they're still things that they were exposed to before they were born. And knowing all of those things and knowing all of the potential risks and outcomes and knowing what challenges are you able to take into your home and what challenges are things that are beyond what you feel you can handle as a family. Marilyn? Well, again, because some of these kids have experienced a lot of trauma, you want to really educate yourself on what that means. What What is the impact on the brain of this child, and what are the effects of that going to be in terms of their behavior, how uh, to manage that, and how they're going to fit into the family if you have younger children, how is it going to affect the siblings. So there's a lot to consider there, but um, definitely it's... Uh, it's a wonderful thing to bring that uh, new child into your home who has had a lot of difficult experiences already in life at a very young age and to be able to give that child a home and a forever family. Would you recommend seeing a therapist even in the very beginning if you know that you're going to have a you know adopted child period or adopted child from foster care it'd be a great idea I think preventive is always better right a lot of the families who come in to see me in my practice already have big problems with behaviors with these children because of the uh, things that I've already spoken of so you know, doing that proactive thing, I think, would be great. What about, I want to talk a little bit about um, international children, you know, and some of the factors there. Um, sometimes parents know right from the beginning that they want to adopt an international child. So what would you say to parents who are considering that? Well, I think there is a lot of need out there, and I think that motivates a lot of people. And these kids are precious. You can mm-hmm. get kids from any place in the world, and they're going to be Uh, just a wonderful gift to your family. But there are cultural things to consider. There are also things to consider about where you're uh, bringing this child from. Uh, I know one family who came in to see me brought children from Ghana, and it was a very sexualized society, and their child had already experienced sexual abuse. Uh, Sometimes 
in orphanages uh, in overseas countries, they experience a lot of neglect, or if not neglect, maybe they've had good care as far as a place to live and food and the physical needs, but they've had multiple caregivers who come in shifts, and so they haven't had the attachment, the normal attachment that kids need to a caregiver. So they're likely to have big attachment problems. So you have to just get all the information that you can about where the child is coming from, what their experiences have been, uh, what their culture is, Mm -hmm. even the foods. Mm -hmm. And then also with international adoption, you do have the um, language barrier right Mm -hmm. at the beginning. And kids learn language so quickly; mm-hmm. they just pick it up so so well that you know it's not a problem for very long. Usually, they right. pick up the language, uh, but that is um, something to be considered. What is your recommendation as far as acclimating a child to a family who comes, you know, from another country? Is your recommendation to you know bring their um, their, their background into it, their lifestyle. And I'm talking about young kids who who have some experience with it, but not as much as a grown adult, right? Mm-hmm. Is that important as far as acclimating them, or is it more important for them to adjust and feel like they're an American? Well, I like it when families do bring some of their culture in and some of their foods. One of my uh, grandsons is uh, from a uh, Mexican family, okay, uh, Hispanic and he loves Mexican food, and uh, <laughs> he likes the fact that he's Hispanic, and they've always made that important to him, and I think it's been really good for him. Uh, my other grandson is one-quarter Vietnamese. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so he likes to go to a Vietnamese restaurant and have pho. <laughs> <laughs> I like pho, too, actually. <laughs> so I think it's good for them to know of their cultural background and to be able to experience a little bit of that as well as the American culture. When we come back, we'll discuss some of the common concerns parents of adopted children commonly have about the adoption, as well as how to discuss adoption with your children and others around you. We'll be right back. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Welcome back. We are talking about parenting adopted children today on Parent Savers, and we are joined by Marilyn Lewis, a marriage and family therapist, and Teglene Ryan, who has an adopted daughter, Ainsley. Marilyn, let's talk about the concerns adoptive parents and children have. First, what are most parents concerned about? What issues are you seeing, for example, in your practice? A lot of times we see behavior problems in these kids, and so what I encourage parents to do is not focus so much on the behavior and trying to manage the behavior directly, but to find out where that behavior is coming from. And I believe with these kids, it's a matter of the stress that they've experienced in their lives from whatever it is their background gave them. And 
you know, if they have had some trauma of any kind at all, it has set up that thing in the brain, that fight or flight or freeze mode in the amygdala of their brain, which has released chemicals that has affected their brain development. So you really want to look at what's driving the behavior, not just try to uh, deal with the behavior itself. So that's usually helpful to parents to be able to uh, see that most of their concerns are coming from that very, very high level of stress that is in that child 24-7. Often it is exhibited in sleep problems. Sometimes kids who have had any kind of uh, neglect have food issues. They may want to hoard food under their bed or something like that because they're afraid that they aren't going to have enough food. So uh, those are pretty common issues that parents have. A lot of times just because of the high level of stress, they get diagnosed with ADHD and many other alphabet soup diagnoses. Perhaps misdiagnosed because? Yes, yes. And I believe that a lot of it is that stress of just being in survival mode. Right. all the time, and uh, so it is difficult for them to sleep, and those other issues come along because of that. So I recommend that they focus on dealing with the stress, keeping things as calm in the home as they can, not doing a lot of very stimulating things as much as you would like to take them to Chuck E. Cheese and <laughs> Disneyland and those things, if you can keep their world pretty small, especially for a while, right. so that their neurology can calm down and they can begin to have some healing in those brain issues. Yeah. Um, I think that's the best way to look at that. Okay, now I want to talk about the other side of the coin here, and that is what are adopted children most concerned about? Uh, Some of them really uh, have a deep desire to know their birth family. Uh, My grandson, who's now 14, has just always felt like he had this hole. And as much as he's always been loved, uh, he came into our family very young, four months and had been in one uh, awesome foster family. But he's always had that sense of there's something missing there. And uh, right now they're in the process of letting him reconnect with his birth mom. That uh, he just knew her the day of his birth, that's it. But uh, he just always had that um, hole. That's how he described it, like a black hole. So uh, they're working with a therapist who is helping them to reconnect him with his uh, birth mom. So that can be sometimes, too, with just the differences, individual differences, the kids feel like they don't fit Mm. in the family for whatever reason. So those are the common ones that I hear. Are they ever scared that they're going to do something and their parents will give them up? I think particularly kids who come out of foster care do feel that, and sometimes they've already been in multiple placements, and so, and they do get moved out of placements because of their behaviors. They have meltdowns and tantrums and lying and stealing and some pretty severe behaviors sometimes because of their experiences, and so, uh, yeah, they do feel like, if I'm not perfect, if I don't behave, then... Um, you know, I'm going to get kicked out again. So, uh, yeah, a lot of kids do feel that. I would imagine as an adoptive parent, it's very tough to hear, you know, that your child has 
a hole in their heart because you you know you're trying your best and you're giving them everything you can what advice do you have for parents um you know who may eventually experience something like that how do you process that and 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 how do you besides love on your child how do you how do you make that go away I don't know because I you know like in my grandson's case as much love as we have poured into him his mm-hmm. whole life, it hasn't gone away. So don't take it personally. Just know that that's um, part of his history that he has to find a way to overcome. They're providing therapy for him, trying to help him in any, any way that they can with that. But um, you just keep on loving them, like you say, and right. uh, reassuring them that you're always there to help them in any way that you can provide whatever resources will be helpful to them. One of the big things we think about with adoption is telling our children that they are adopted. Marilyn, is there a good time, a good way to do this? What's what's your thoughts on this? I think it's important to just make that a topic of conversation from as early as you possibly can for them to always know that uh, you have chosen them to come into your family and uh, just let it be a part of uh, their knowledge base from the very beginning. Now, Teglene, have you told your daughter that she's adopted? And if you have, what was that process like for you? We decided that she needed to grow up knowing that she was adopted. That's how it was in my house with my sisters who were adopted at birth. It was just something you knew, and all of our research has taught us that that is what's best for a child. You don't sit them down at some point when you think they're old enough to understand it and explain it to them. It's just something that's part of their their life history, and in her baby book, there are we tell the story of meeting with the social worker and finding out that she is to be placed with us and going to the hospital and meeting her for the first time. We have pictures of her with her different social workers coming to visit us and a picture of us in the courthouse on the final adoption day. And those things are just interspersed throughout her baby book in the same way as, you know, the first time she met her grandmother and other just, you know, normal events that would happen in a child's first couple of years. Those are normal events that happened in her first couple of years. So at three and a half years old right now, she doesn't really get it. She knows the language that she was adopted. She doesn't really understand what that means. And that will come as she gets older. But it won't be, it'll be old news with more explanation as she gets older. And I know the question I'm about to ask is, is a, it's a personal decision, but Teglene, how do you handle telling other people about the adoption? I feel like it's important to be open about it. You know, if I, if I don't tell anyone, then it's kind of like a secret. And if it's a secret, then that in some way implies that it's something that should be hidden mm-hmm. and is maybe bad. And it's not. I'm I'm proud of the fact that I adopted her. I don't necessarily say it when I first meet somebody, <laughs> but if it if it comes up, like when I've met other people, when I learn, if I meet somebody else and learn that they have an adopted child, 
then I'm immediately going to say, oh, hey, my daughter's adopted too. Right. As I get to know people when, when the right time comes up in conversation, then, then it does. So it's not something that I walk around advertising, but it's not something that I hide either. And I don't censor myself regarding her presence. If she's there and this is the conversation, then I'll say, oh, yes, you know, actually Ainsley is adopted. Right. It's like saying, oh, yeah, and we have a green car. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. It's just part of, it's part of who you are. Right. You know, I'm thinking a lot of parents that are listening to this are thinking, wow, I already have kids or we're planning to have our biological children first. And they might be concerned about the relationship between their adoptive child and their biological children. And Teglene, I'd I'd love to know what has worked in your family. How do you foster that good relationship between your adoptive children and your biological children? I find... As a parent with both adopted and biological children and being raised in a family with a combination of biological and adopted children, that it's really no different than having all biological children or all adopted children. They're just all my children. The difference in their relationships with each other are no different because they are or are not blood-related. My relations with my sisters, it's no different than my relationship with my brothers because of biology. You know, as a mother, I feel the same love for all of my children. It doesn't feel any different to me the way I feel towards them. And so I think that comes out then in my parenting that, you know, we're all the same here. You guys are all brothers and sisters and we have the same conflicts between siblings that anyone would have and the same love between siblings. There's a big age difference. My boys were seven and nine when we brought Ainsley home as an infant. So um, I think that is a bigger dynamic than the fact that she's adopted, um, that they're so much older than her. But they absolutely love her, and she's their their little sister and sometimes she's really annoying and drives them crazy. <laughs> like our brothers and sisters, right? <laughs> just like brothers and sisters. <laughs> I know we have barely scraped the surface when it comes to what it takes to parent an adoptive child. Marilyn, are there additional resources you would recommend for parents out there considering this option for their family? Well, there are a lot of excellent resources out there. One that I particularly like is The Connected Child by Karen Purvis. It's K-A-R-Y-N-P-U-R-V-I-S. And you can find her on the web. She has excellent DVDs, and her book, The Connected Child, is very comprehensive in uh, what kinds of needs these children have that are unique to adopted kids or kids who have had trauma. So uh, that would be my first recommendation. Also, there are some agencies in every city here in San Diego. San Diego Youth and Community Services has a lot of excellent help for adoptive families and adoptive kids. Um, So just look around in your community, Google on the internet to see if you can find those resources within your own community. Support groups are great. Uh, If you need professional therapy, uh, that's available in most places as well. 
and uh, there are good ways to find those resources in your own area. Well, thanks so much to Teglene and for Marilyn for being our guests on today's show. For more information about our experts and panelists and for links for the resources Marilyn mentioned on today's show, you can visit our episodes page on our website, which is parentsavers.com. Our conversation will continue after the show for our Parent Savers Club members. We'll be discussing parenting instincts and if those instincts are more difficult for adoptive parents. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Before we wrap up today's episode, here's John O'Reill with the best apps for new parents. Hey, Parent Savers. I'm John O'Reill, founder of FamilyFriendlyVideoGames.com, and I'm here to talk about helpful apps for new parents. Today, I want to talk to you about Giraffes Matching Deluxe, which is a great app that's based on the classic game of concentration. Now, there are a lot of matching games available for smartphones and tablets, but what makes this one great and worth checking out is the reward system that it has. Um, in that every time a kid makes two matches, they can hit the treasure chest in the middle, and kids love clicking on treasure, and the app does something different, whether it's launch fireworks, sing the ABCs in a funny way, change the colors, change the background, and there's also three levels of difficulty for giraffes matching deluxe. There's a really easy board that has about 12 cards, then it gets even more difficult going up to about 36. Giraffes matching deluxe is 99 cents. This is the matching game to have that I recommend for all new parents. We've got a link on this week's episode page of ParentSavers.com. And make sure to listen to more episodes of Parent Savers in the future for more great apps for new parents. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Preggy Pals, which is all about pregnancy, and The Boob Group, which is all about breastfeeding. Next week, we're talking about newborn screening tests and what parents should expect. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. 
it's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.